0: class two and I'm gonna be talking about coffee coffee is one of my favorite beverages and it's also a very classic beverage that accompanies uh, computer hacking and coding and uh, late-night artwork and things like that it's always better if you've got a good cup of coffee close at hand there are different stages of coffee making Uh, and you can jump in at any stage. Obviously, the most typical one that we're used to is you go out to the store, you buy the coffee off the shelf, you bring it home, and you make it in whatever fashion you wish to make it. Okay, so right then, you've already missed out on the roasting, Uh, so you can certainly roast your own beans. Uh, They're a little bit hard to find. I have not found them in stores at all in any city that I've lived, Uh, but what you can do is find them online and the advantage of buying them unroasted uh in their raw form is that you're not uh losing any of the the uh the essence of the coffee bean uh because once it's been roasted uh the oils of the bean start to to exu- uh to to leak out of the bean and so you're kind of losing i guess the 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 purity of the coffee out of that way most of us aren't ever going to notice that because we're so acclimated to the taste of coffee that has been sitting around, even in vacuum-packed uh, containers. You know, I guess a purist would, would say that you'd need to, to roast it yourself to get the, the most flavor out of it. So if you do that, you're going to get some really good coffee, uh, as long as you know what you're doing, roasting them. And it's just a matter of practice. So what you'll do is you'll buy the uh, the beans, Lots of different varieties of coffee. You're going to see different ones advertised. There's Kona coffee from Hawaii, Blue Mountain from Jamaica. Uh, I like Sawtooth Mountain, which is um, I buy it in Southern California. I don't know where it's from, but it's very good. Uh, you know, lots of different kinds. You want to make sure if you're buying the the, the raw coffee beans, you're probably getting a pure. The you know you're getting just that. That kind of coffee that you are looking for, uh not so much if you're getting it in a container, even if it's on ground, although usually if it's on ground you're actually usually getting it, but sometimes you'll see uh, in containers you'll see it being advertised in big print as Kona or something, and then once you get it home and you look at the fine print, then you realize it was a blend of some cheaper coffees along with the nicer coffee and so you you know so if you're getting the raw stuff is you're usually You can usually rest assured that you're actually getting what you think you're buying, which is nice. So you take the beans home, uh, or you get them delivered, whatever, uh, and you'll want to roast them some way. Now, there are professional roasters out there, but from what I've seen of these roasters, they're very large, unwieldy. I think they're meant primarily for large batches of, of beans. Not really something that you'd have in your apartment. Um maybe if you have a large house and you're really dedicated you would have one of these but typically the ones i've seen at least are very they're, they're pretty hefty pieces of machinery second to this would be um perhaps a skillet and a gas stove you probably need gas because you're going to need to get this really really hot Um you take your skillet and you put it on the the gas stove Heat it up to about 500 degrees. And if you want to be precise, you can get uh, an oven thermometer and throw that in the skillet and see what happens. Um, Eventually, you'll reach a very, very high heat. Uh, Like I said, especially on a gas stove, you you can reach that kind of heat. I don't know if you can do that on an electric stove at all. um, So you've got your skillet. You throw some beans in there. Not too much. You just kind of want to cover the surface of the skillet. And you want to keep the beans moving. You don't want to scald or scorch, rather, the uh, you know one side of the beans here what you want to do is get them evenly heated up they're going to start they will start smoking first of all so if you've got a very sensitive fire al- fire alarm anywhere near your kitchen you want to have your exhaust fan on but you'll want to keep them moving and they're going to start smoking and you'll start to hear them kind of pop and, and crackle a little bit what's happening is that the moisture from the bean is going is is evaporating uh And at the same time, of course, the bean is getting very very hot, and it's cooking so uh you'll keep them moving and eventually they'll uh at first the 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 smoke the the fragrance is gonna be fairly it'll be kind of fresh uh like what you'd expect out of a green uh berry or a green uh bean but what you'll what you'll eventually get to is a more uh well a more cooked smell um at that point the beans will start to get darker uh and they'll they'll start to to take on the appearance the more traditional appearance of what you're used to uh, of a coffee bean um now along the, once you start seeing them look traditionally like a bean you'll want to take them off the off of the fire eventually when you want to do that is up to you whether you want you know the traditional dark roast or uh, a lighter roast or whatever you want and you kind of have to play it by by sight you just kind of have to get a feel for it you also have to know what you like you also have to keep in mind that coffee beans or any any anything that you're cooking uh you might take them off the fire but i mean there's still a lot of residual heat so they're going to essentially continue to cook uh some people will try to blanch the coffee beans by pouring water over them to try to you know stop them from from cooking uh, after they're off the fire but you don't really want to do that because if you do that you're basically you're making coffee before you are making coffee you know you you want to save the water for when you want to drink it you don't want to use water to to cease it from cooking so the idea would be to take it off of the fire a little bit before you really want to take it off the fire and let it residually cook um, perhaps in a colander or or some kind of bowl preferably a colander so that there's a good airflow. and kind of shake it a couple of times not too rigorously but you just want to make sure that they're kind of evenly distributing heat and once you feel that they've gotten off most of the heat you can place it into whatever container you're going to put it into um probably you're not going to grind them all and make them right now because you wouldn't want to do that every time you make a cup of coffee. So you're probably hopefully cooking more than you'll need immediately. There's a big debate over whether you should store your beans uh your 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 roasted beans in in a refrigerator or a freezer or not. Um I've heard that you should not because once you take it out of the freezer then it starts to uh, I guess there's condensation, and that that causes the oils to leak, and then you're losing purity of the coffee. I still put mine in the freezer, but a lot of people will put it just in a cool, dark place, um, and that's that that's fine, whatever you think you know is is best for your for your coffee workflow. Um, so you store the beans and then they are ready to be ground. Now, grinding coffee is very much related to how you intend to make the coffee. So you'll see um, at supermarkets, if you've bought the whole beans, you'll see a coffee grinder somewhere, usually, so that you can grind it before you go home, which kind of defeats the purpose of of buying the whole beans. So it's better, if you're going to do the whole, you know, you're not going to roast it yourself, you're going to buy it from the supermarket, but as a whole bean... Uh, First of all, make sure it's vacuum packed. Most whole beans will be vacuum packed. Um, And second of all, do not um, grind them at the store if at all possible. Uh, It would be better just to to buy your own coffee grinder, and these are very inexpensive. They don't need to be fancy. Uh, You can find them. They'll also be sometimes referred to as spice grinders, but usually they're just coffee grinders, and it's just a simple little grinding device that you'll place some beans into usually enough for a cup or two of coffee and you grind the beans there are very very fine uh... grinds which will be good for a more i guess a more uh, delicate um, flavor and there are rougher or harsher grinds which are going to be a little bit more rustic robust flavor now Depending on how you're going to cook them, this is how you're going to want to grind them. So the different ways to uh, to to make a cup of coffee would be with a traditional drip maker, coffee maker, like a Mr. Coffee or whatever you buy it. Any department store. These are crude machines that give you no control over the heat of the water or or really, you know, anything. I mean, and it's usually the intention is to make like eight cups of coffee at a time. Uh, which encourages you to keep the pot on the hot plate of the coffee maker, which evaporates water and ends up making the final cup of coffee that you pour out of that taste terrible. It's just a really crude way to make a cup of coffee, but you know, I mean, that's what we a lot of us have, um, and so it's it's fairly common. Uh, if you have to use one of these, I, I I would advise not making too many cups of coffee at once unless you know that people are going to drink it right away um, just because you can make eight cups of coffee at a time does not mean you should uh, make two or four whatever you think you're going to be able to drink right away and then for your next couple of cups you know start a new a new batch so drip coffee makers you have a lot of flexibility they're paper filters usually so you can use a fine grind or a rough grind it doesn't really or anywhere in between it doesn't matter because the grinds aren't going to get through that piece of paper probably um, you're not going to end up with grinds in your coffee. So you want to throw in your coffee, grinds, uh, and water, and usually I think the the, the the rule of thumb is like a tablespoon to every six ounces of water. Um, I think anyone who's made any amount of cup of coffee just kind of knows how much coffee to put in, so that's not doesn't seem that big of a deal. Obviously you have to kind of, you have to know your coffee. I mean, if it's a strong, strong coffee, maybe you're going to want to go less. If it's a weak coffee, maybe a little bit more. So, you know, that's just something that you'll get the hang of um, pop it in there, put the water in and it it takes the water up to whatever however close to boiling it, it thinks it should go and then it, it drips through the filter and you've got a cup of coffee uh, similar to this is a manual drip which are is basically a funnel and you place a paper filter in this this funnel place the funnel on top of your mug uh, put the grinds in the, the filter and pour. You, you heat your water up separately. So now you've got control over the heat of your water. So if you know you need a boiling cup, you can have boiling, boiling water. If you know you don't need it quite boiling. Uh, and this the, the heat of the water is going to affect the, the way that the cream reacts uh, if you're going to put cream in the coffee. So that is something to be aware of. Um, so you, you have a little bit more control over the water temperature uh, with a manual drip which is nice and the advantage to a manual drip again is that you've got you can go anywhere from fine fine grind to very coarse grind It doesn't really matter it's a paper filter chances of grinds getting through that are very slim uh... so that's that's what i've been using lately and they're kind of nice as well Um i've seen them by the name uh, by the brand name melita m-e-l-l-i-t-a maybe uh... and they're really small it's like i say it's like a plastic funnel basically and some paper filters, and that's all you need. So you, you don't have to put up with the big coffee maker, you know. Um, and it also kind of forces you to make just enough for you to drink at that moment so that you're not leaving your coffee on a on a hot plate that is then making your coffee stale and, and gross. So um, that's manual drip. That's nice. Something similar to that are the so-called French presses. I've also seen them called Australian presses, basically any exotic location name press. So if you see these, these are a pitcher, usually a glass pitcher, with a wire mesh and, and a handle. So the idea is to put the coffee grounds in the um, the coffee grounds in the pitcher, pour the water in. Again, you have control over the heat of the water yourself. Uh, pour the water in and then let it brew for a little while and then you press the wire mesh down, thereby forcing the grinds to the bottom of the pitcher. This is quite nice. Uh, it's, it's a nice method. I used it for a while, but they tend to always break on me. I, I think the, the heat and the pressure just gets to be too much for glass pitchers, so that's been kind of a disadvantage. Another disadvantage is that the wire mesh uh, has openings, obviously, for the water to get through, uh, but it has to be a certain size, you know. So you're really kind of restricted in the kind of grind that you can you can pour in there. If you put something too thin, it's just going to get right through the wire mesh, and you're going to end up with lots of coffee grounds in your in your cup. Uh, so you're kind of you're restricted to a coarser grind, and take that for what it's worth. Um, the other option, of course, is an espresso maker and if you've never had an espresso maker you should definitely get one these are great they're not that large and they're not that expensive um, consumer kitchen brands sell them you know black and decker that kind of company they sell these things so you can get them for good prices the idea behind espressos is uh, pressure you uh, you place the water in the the tank you screw the cap on really solid. It'll be a heavy-duty cap because it's going to generate a lot of pressure and it's going to make sure that the cap isn't blowing off and steam burning your face. Um, and you'll have a an espresso um, filter that latches on, again, very securely because there's a lot of pressure. And as an extension off of that, there'll be a nozzle for steam for uh, for your milk. steaming milk foaming it Um, so what you do here is you you have a metal filter for the espresso and the espresso again it's not a paper filter it's a metal filter so it has holes in it so too too fine of a grind uh, of a grind will be a problem because it'll get through those little holes but usually the holes are small enough such that you can get a fairly fine grind all the way up to I, I don't think you'd want to go up to two of a too much of a coarse grind but somewhere in between you could definitely go and it'll be fine uh, again the amount of coffee just depends on how strong of an espresso you want and how strong of a, of a coffee roast you have placed in so the um, the water will, will boil and begin to steam and it will start to push out through the espresso beans it's a, it's a beautiful way to make a cup of coffee and it's very 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 flexible because Once you have the espresso, you can do anything with it. You don't have to drink it as an espresso. Obviously, you can make it into a cappuccino. You can uh, add water to it, some hot water to it, make it into a cafe americano. You can make it into a latte. You can do whatever you want to. So you've got, um, you'll see the espresso starting to, to pour into the pot. At that point, you can turn your attention to steaming the milk if you want the steamed milk. You'll want to use whole milk or half and half. I usually go for half and half simply because you need the the amount of cream um, to really foam. If it's something like uh, 2% milk or skim milk, there's not really enough milk there to make a proper foam. So if you're going for foam, uh, use either whole or half and half. I go for half and half. So you'll have half and half in a little pitcher and you'll want to make sure that the steam nozzle is submerged into the milk first you do not want to start the steam nozzle going and then try to put it into the milk the steam will blow the milk everywhere so you want to make sure that it is submerged first That's very important then you turn the steam on and do it slowly you don't want to just blast it right away the steam is really pressurized and it will will completely it will blow milk everywhere if you're not careful so you just want to want to turn it on slowly get a feel for how it's steaming you want to start at the bottom of the pitcher typically and move it up and down toward the top of the uh, of the of the milk you want to make sure that you're kind of moving it around because you don't want it to just steam one area of the milk because literally you can end up with milk that's really really hot in places and then cold in other places if you do it sloppy so you want to just kind of get it all around the milk. And then for the foam, you're going to concentrate on the very top of the milk. And that's the trick. You don't want to obviously get the steam nozzle out of the milk or it'll go everywhere. But you want to get it right up at the top so that it's really steaming the milk and that that steamed milk has a place to kind of settle, which is at the top. But um it, it's something that you can get used to and it takes some practice. But uh it'll, it'll work out and you'll kind of get the feel for it. So at this point, at the end of it all, you'll have one pitcher of foamed milk, one pot of espresso. And you can go anywhere with that, like I say. If you want uh, espresso, down the shot and make your next cup. Uh, you want some cappuccino? Pour the espresso into a cup, pour the milk in, now you've got a cappuccino. Uh, you want latte? Pour the coffee in, pour some hot water in, and then pour the milk in. You've got a latte. You want... uh? A cap, um, cafe americano those are simple you have espresso you pour that into a mug uh, and then you take some boiling water and pour that in so now you've got what essentially will sort of taste like what came out of a coffee drip a traditional drip but it'll have that kind of that richness and, and strength of an espresso it's really really good um, so you've got a lot of choices there you've got a lot of control over the grind you've got uh, you've got a lot of flexibility with an espresso it's um, a little bit like compiling a custom kernel you can really kind of decide what goes into it what how it's going to be for you and you know it's you definitely have to do it if you haven't done it you should really try a couple of times to make your own your own espresso or, or cappuccino other forms of making coffee uh, include those little instant, um, they're like tea bags, but they're coffee bags, and they're, so they're in a filter and they're closed, so you can kind of dip them into hot water and kind of create a cup of coffee. It's, In my experience, it hasn't really tasted that great, but it's good in a pinch, and it's certainly better than the final sort of coffee that we should at least acknowledge. Um, instant coffee, stay away from it. It's not coffee. Now, after you've made your coffee, whatever kind of coffee you've you've made, you may want to add cream to it. So obviously if you've done the steamed milk thing, you're kind of good to go. But when you're adding cream to coffee, you want to make sure that you're adding cream to coffee, not coffee to cream. If you add coffee to cream, you're risking scalding the the cream in an unnatural way. Um, And depending on the heat of the coffee, you, you may even be risking um damaging the cream if you're adding the cream to the coffee. So what you'll want to do if you know that you've boiled the water to a to a true boiling point and this you've just put it into the mug, um either wait for it to cool a little bit before adding the cream or keep it keep stirring it while you're adding the cream because otherwise the cream uh will form a skin on top and it will be kind of not pleasant. So you want to make sure that you are aware of the, the heat factor before you just go dumping the cream in and remember that presentation is everything um, you know if you're entertaining a lady for the evening and you guys decide to have a cup of coffee and you're like oh let's not go to the coffee store I will the coffee shop I will make you a cup of coffee myself you want to impress her right so you're not going to just go in and make a cup of coffee and bring it out in the same mug that you use when you're you're coating, you know, you wanna you wanna make it look good. You wanna impress this person. So you um you should think about garnish. Uh the coffee if you've made it correctly is gonna taste good anyway, but that's that's not really enough to, to, to sell the cup of coffee. You need to uh put some kind of additional touch on it. Um, whether it's after you've made a cappuccino, you want to drizzle just a little bit of espresso on the top, just to kind of give a you know get that nice little like a Debian uh, a Debian Linux logo in the in the in the foamed milk. You could do that. That could be a good conversation starter. Um, or you could also um, sprinkle some chocolate on the top. And the best way to do this is just to get a, a really really fine cheese grater. So this isn't the kind of cheese grater that you find people using for uh you know pizza and things like that. This is a this is a, the cheese grater that you're going to be using for a harder like a hard cheese like parmesan or something like that. You want really really fine finely grated uh, slots in this che- the in the grater. And you can just take like a special dark like a piece of special dark chocolate and you can grind you can just grate that right over the the top of the foam, sprinkle some some chocolate onto it. That'll impress her to no end. Uh or if you don't have any special dark, you can even use like baker's chocolate or a chocolate chip. I mean it doesn't matter. Just it's just it's just a nice little touch and it adds a little tiny bit of flavor. Not too much flavor. It's just it's really for looks. It's for presentation. Um if you're in a pinch you can also do, you know, a little bit of cinnamon. Make sure that she likes cinnamon first. Um but that's that's always good. You know, it's just something on the top to to add to the to the presentation. Or you can take a strawberry, cut it, uh, cut a slit down the, the center of the strawberry and kind of hang that off the side. You know, whatever it takes to, to make it look like a real work of art rather than just a functional cup of coffee. So those are the different ways to make uh, coffee. Those are the different factors that you should think about. Few people know that um, the Western world knows coffee, you know, as what we kind of think of when we think of coffee. There's a whole other world of coffee in the Far East called Turkish coffee or Greek coffee. This is great stuff if you can find it. If you go up to Astoria, Queens, uh, if you're in the New York area, and I'm sure there are other places, but this is where I know to get it, you can go to any Greek market and buy um, buy some coffee. And this is... Uh, this is powdery. This is very powdery uh, coffee. I mean, beyond beyond a fine gr- a fine grind. This is like this is literally like powder. And to prepare this properly, you take a um, a saucepan rather than a skillet. You'll take a saucepan. You'll put um, I don't remember like maybe two two or three tablespoons of this powdered coffee and take a just put a lot of sugar in it. Uh, that's that's the way I was taught to to make it. I don't know if everyone does it that way or not, but you put a lot of sugar into it and um pour some water in there and boil it and uh eventually it'll kind of it'll start to boil and do really strange things and uh right when it starts to boil, you'll wanna take it and you'll wanna pour it into a cup. You'll need to let it settle because the the coffee grinds, if you've been picturing this we've just made, we've just poured water in with the coffee you know, so you need to let all that powdered coffee settle to the bottom and then you down it, you just, you drink it, you can sip it, you can whatever you want to do, it's really, really good coffee the bottom will be mud, just a lot of powder um, but it's a great way to have some some really really good coffee if you haven't had that, you should definitely try it. Um, Astoria, Queens, or, or probably any, like I say, Turkish or Greek, and, and possibly Arabic. That's that's kind of the, the name for that kind of coffee. And, um, yeah, if you haven't had that, you should definitely try it. Um, not necessarily something you're going to want to hit, you know, on the ladies because you're trying to impress them, you're trying to, you know, keep them comfortable unless they're really adventurous um you don't want to probably bring that out on the first date that would be more of like a you know third or fourth date kind of coffee so um but it's it's definitely good definitely good for the late nights um hacking sessions so go for that uh so coffee making yeah it's fun it's it's cool you have to just kind of get into it don't be afraid of it it's it's uh it's exciting a little bit dangerous, but you can you can get into it and and become a real master of, of coffee preparation. It's a it's an ancient art from the the monasteries of the Capuchin monks. This is this is a time honored tradition. So get into it and enjoy some serious coffee. Thank you for listening to Hack Republic Radio. HPR is sponsored by tarot.net.